Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When was the last time that you shared your faith with someone who didn't believe? Does a specific time come to mind? A particular conversation, a particular person? Was it recent or was it kind of a little long ago? Or maybe you can't remember a specific conversation that you've had about faith with anyone, let, let alone someone who's not really into Jesus. Does that question make you uncomfortable? When was the last time you shared your faith with someone who didn't believe in Jesus? Does it sit, does it make you uncomfortable? Maybe you think that sort of thing is just for missionaries, for other folks who are kind of into that thing and they can go evangelize out there. Or maybe the idea of evangelizing or sharing your faith just kind of rubs you the wrong way. Or when you've tried to do it, it kind of comes out all wrong and you get clammy hands and you get really nervous and then you just shut down and want to walk away and go hide for a really long time. Or maybe the last time you shared your faith with someone who doesn't know Jesus, maybe they made fun of you a little bit. Or maybe they just shrugged their shoulders and thought you were really weird and just kind of walked away. Or maybe, maybe just maybe they had more questions. When was the last time that you shared your faith with someone who just doesn't know Jesus. Richard Mao is a reformed pastor, writer, and he shares a story that happened to him back when he was in university, and he was on a Greyhound bus. He was returning to school, it was Christmas break or summer break or something like that. So he was on a long bus ride back to school. And the bus wasn't completely full, there was kind of some extra seats. Um, but there was still a bunch of people traveling together, trapped together in a bus for a very long time. And Richard Mao is a slightly older gentleman, so there was no phones, there was no internet, there were no devices. You were on a bus 
with whatever you had to read and the people around you and the windows to look out of. It could be a long ride. And so Mao saw this middle-aged guy passing his time on the bus by making conversation with people. He would kind of walk down the aisle, say a few words to someone, and if they were kind of receptive, he'd sit down and just chat with them for about 15 minutes. And then Richard Mao saw him get up, go to the next person, chat a little bit, sit down, have about a 15-minute conversation, get up, and he was kind of making his way through the bus this way. And Richard Mao was kind of towards the back, so he kind of saw this pattern happening. And eventually, this man reached him. And he sat down, and Mao likes to talk, so he was like, let's have a conversation. And so the guy was very interested in what he was studying at school, his hobbies, his family, where he had just come from, where he was going. And then the gentleman turned the conversation in a pretty drastic way. He was making a remark about how hot the sun was on this particular afternoon. And then he changed his tone of voice, paused for a beat too long, looked straight at Richard Mao and said, do you know the warm love of the Son of God? Mao immediately was like, yes, I love Jesus. I'm a Christian. This is guy's a future pastor. He, he kind of had it. And this roaming evangelist, do you, know, do you know what he said? He looked at him and said, oh, well, I wish you would have told me that a whole lot sooner. And then got up, walked away, and went to the next person to have a polite conversation with, to sit down, have 15 minutes, and then ask them if they knew the warm love of the Son of God. Maybe you have been in Richard Mao's shoes. Maybe you've been on the receiving end of some well-intentioned but slightly uncomfortable evangelistic efforts of someone else. Where someone pretends to want to know you, pretends you're interesting, asks you some questions about who you are and what you're doing, and then the conversation turns, and you realize that you are just a checkbox on their evangelistic efforts. You're a practice for their evangelistic skills. And then that sort of thing feels artificial. Richard Mao didn't think this guy was interested in him. He was being used a little bit. And it felt fake. It felt slightly manipulative. If you're someone who is uncomfortable with sharing your faith, of evangelizing, you're, you're not alone. In, in a recent study on younger Christians, those under the age of 40, researchers found that those under 40 are less inclined to evangelize than any previous generation. And, and often it's because evangelism, they've witnessed, it's kind of like the man roaming the Greyhound bus. Feels artificial, feels manipulative. It just kind of rubs you the wrong way. Our portion of scripture this morning 
these little verses tucked here in the letter to the Colossians. It's all about sharing the faith. Proclaiming the mystery of Christ to those who don't know Jesus. And, and there's two sections in these verses. Two pictures of what it looks like to share one's faith in Jesus Christ. The first picture that we're given in the, in the first couple of verses is the big picture of evangelism. Paul asked the Colossians to pray for him, to pray for his fellow apostles and other missionaries, right? Pray for us too, please, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ and pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Paul's a missionary. It's what he does. It's what he's called to do, push into new cities, into towns, teaching and proclaiming the gospel to anyone who will listen, coaching new pastors and missionaries, encouraging congregations with what he has learned along the way about what it means to be the church, what it means to believe, what it means to be a follower of Christ in a culture that thinks you're a little weird and possibly subversive. And what Paul is not doing here is he's not inviting all Christians into his line of work. He asked them to join in praying for him, for other missionaries at work. Paul would easily find a place on our missionary board well, wherever it is after our renovations. I don't actually know where it is in the building any longer. But Paul would easily find a place on our missionary board of those we pray for, of those we support, of those we have sent off out there to do evangelism. And for some of us, we are quite comfortable leaving evangelism, sharing one's faith to the experts, to the missionaries we support, to the people called to do that sort of thing. You know, good for them, but that's not my calling. But Paul doesn't leave it there. Because in our, in our little portion of scripture here in Colossians, there comes a second picture of what evangelism looks like, of what sharing one's faith looks like. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. If the first picture Paul gives us is of evangelism out there, the second picture that he gives us is of discipleship and evangelism right here in our everyday lives. Paul wasn't calling all Colossians to go out and be missionaries out there. But he was encouraging them all to share their faith right where they were. Living and working, playing in their own neighborhoods and streets and lives and jobs. In their regular lives, their everyday conversations. Now, you might be thinking back to Mr. Greyhound bus. Wasn't exactly what he was doing. Wasn't he making the most of every opportunity? 
You got a bunch of people trapped on a bus, there's nowhere they can go. That's an opportunity. Strike up conversations, share his faith. Isn't that what Mr. Greyhound Bus was doing? I just want to unpack a little bit about what Paul is saying here. What he's saying about the how and the when of sharing one's faith, of this everyday evangelism. Paul wants our conversations to be full of grace and seasoned with salt. Now, we can quickly skip over that description because we're like, yeah, grace, grace, salt, salt. Yep, those are kind of biblical images. We know what those are. Got it. But Paul's actually taking a kind of an everyday idiom of his day that was all about winsome conversation. It was a way of describing rhetoric that was attractive, that was welcoming, that invited people in, that didn't push people away. It was a way of saying, you know what? That person, that person talks just kind of full of grace and seasoned with salt, and I want to hear a little bit more about what they're saying. I want to lean in. Paul is encouraging us to speak winsomely about our faith, not boring someone to death or manipulating them. That gets kind of at the how of sharing our faith. The tone, the language, the posture that we're to have. With language, conversation that invites, that attracts, that doesn't push away. And then he unpacks the when of sharing faith. So that you may know how to answer everybody. Paul is assuming that when we're having conversations about our faith, we're answering questions that others have of us. We're not telling someone something they have no interest in. We're not cornering them and telling them about the warm love of the Son of God. We're answering their honest questions. So that you may know how to answer everybody. We're responding to a conversation that they've started. The same study that said Christians under 40 are less inclined to evangelize, to share their faith, also made a few other observations. Younger Christians are just as likely as any previous generation to say that the best thing that could happen to anyone is to know Jesus. And about 75% of younger Christians say that they know how to respond when someone raises questions about their faith. And about 75% of younger Christians say that they're, they're pretty good at answering them. They're, they're pretty good at responding about why they believe and what they believe. So, it's not that their faith is any less important to them than their elders, or that they're any less capable of sharing their faith, or any less gifted at talking about things of faith. 
But the researchers noted that one of the key distinctions that marks a younger generation from the previous ones is that Christians under 40 are more likely to be in close relationships with others who are not Christians, who don't share their faith. They have, on average, more friends and more family members who are not Christian than previous generations. Which means that all of a sudden, evangelism and sharing one's faith is not about something out there that you do with a bunch of anonymous strangers on a Greyhound bus, but it's about something that happens in everyday conversations. Right there, with people you love, people who are friends and coworkers, people who matter to you, and those relationships matter. And then sharing our faith is embedded then in relationship and conversation. Conversations that are full of grace and seasoned with salt. Not out there, but right here. A couple weeks ago, my neighbor Randy was walking his dog. And as he often does, if we're sitting on the front porch, he'll bring his dog, Autumn, and come up and have a conversation. We just chat, talk about our neighborhood, uh, talk about our kids. They've seen Rosie since she was a tiny newborn. They have an interest in our kiddos. And as we talked, Randy asked about where Rosie was going to go to school, where she was going to go to JK in the fall. And he, he asked if, you know, is she going to the local elementary school around the corner? And, and Rosie is going to Laurentian Hills, right up the road, Christian school. Not in my neighborhood, not the elementary school around the corner. What a great opportunity to share my faith life, right? I mumbled something about going to a private school. I was exhausted. There's reasons, but there's no excuses. I just let it go. Conversation turned somewhere else, and I missed an opportunity to talk to Randy. I don't know why I did that. But I wonder if you've been in those situations too where the opportunity comes up, there's an open door, and instead of walking through it, you kind of take a hard right <laughs> for whatever personal reasons you have. Where you failed a little bit. Where you missed an opportunity. I dropped the ball. I didn't answer the question in the way I should. I bailed. The Apostle Paul would not be particularly proud of me in that moment. But when sharing one's faith is embedded in everyday conversations and questions, in relationships and in real life, we're gonna drop the ball sometimes, especially if it comes to our family members, where it's a bit more immediate and intimate and a little scary. We're gonna say the wrong things or we're not gonna say anything at all, like me. We're going to hurt another person's feelings and we're going to be hurt by them. We're going to step on toes and we're going to have our toes stepped on. 
because that's just relationships in real life. Which is why I think Paul starts this section with these two pictures of evangelism. He starts it with a simple direction. Devote yourselves to pray. Devote yourselves to prayer. Being watchful. Being thankful. Because prayer reminds us that when we fail, and we will, when we drop the ball, when we miss an opportunity, when we think we said the wrong thing, when we know we said the wrong thing, we know and trust that our God who saves continues to work through his spirit in the lives of those we love, in the lives of those we work with, in the lives of our neighbors, and in our lives, too. Because whether it is the big or small picture of evangelism, God is the one who opens doors. God is the one who saves, not us. Thanks be to God. So for those of us out there like Paul, we pray for clear and persuasive proclamation of the mystery of Christ. For those of us right here, in our everyday lives, in our very real relationships, with our inquisitive neighbors, we pray for right words, for kind words, and for conversations full of grace and seasoned with salt. Amen? Amen. Please pray with me. Our gracious God, we are thankful for the gift of your son, for the beauty of the gift of faith, for all the ways in which this gift challenges us, stretches us, supports us, encourages us, holds us. And when it comes to sharing that with others, when it comes to speaking our faith to others, well, depending on the day, we can be so brave and sometimes we can be so shy. So we trust in your spirit to work within us, giving us the words we need, the nudges we need to speak well of you, to speak well of our faith, to articulate it with grace and salt so that people want to know more. Give us wisdom, give us courage, and keep us rooted in our gratitude for all that you have done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.